the Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Welcome along to another edition of the St Albans Film Guide with Max Hartington. Hello, Max. Hello, Danny. Good to be back. Yeah. Just, yeah? <laughs> no, I'm just smiling because uh, because it wasn't that long ago when, when basically the, the other host of this, uh, Howard Linsky, was laying into you. Of course he and, was. And, and we wondered whether or not you would start with uh, with a rebuttal of sorts, and I, clearly not. I'm not like that. I'm, no. I'm, like, I'm, I'm like a leaf in the wind. <laughs> right, okay. I, I flow, it bounces, you know, problems bounce off me. It's good to know. Karma. Uh, yeah, yeah, good, good, uh, good, me. good film quote as well there, yeah, I approve. See? Anyway, what we do here on the Film Guide is we get Max to look at uh, his choice of the best films to watch on free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. We also have uh, another entry into, into the section we call Max's Action Films, where he takes his action films to the max. Nice short and snappy one there. Yeah, that, you know, sort of drops it. You know, that's what we're doing. That was an action-packed action drop. There you go. Uh, we'll also look at uh, new releases on the streaming services. I believe we've just got one from uh, Netflix to talk about this time around. But we start off with new releases in the cinema. And I'm saying new releases. There's only one film this week that we're really going to be looking at. Mm. There are probably a few others being released, but this is the big one. Yeah, this, this is one. the one that will be on in your local cinemas. And it is The Flash. In this film, worlds collide when the Flash, the superhero The Flash uses his superpowers to travel back in time and change the events of the past. However, when his attempt to save his family inadvertently alters the future, he becomes trapped in a reality in which General Zod, the bad guy from Superman, has returned, threatening world annihilation. Is it not, strictly speaking, the bad guy from Man of Steel? Man of, specifically Man of Steel, but he's also a Superman bad guy as well. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. With no other superhero to turn to, uh, The Flash looks to coax a very different Batman out of retirement to rescue an imprisoned Kryptonian. And, not the one re- and rescue an imprisoned Kryptonian. He's going to rescue an imprisoned yeah. Kryptonian. Yeah. So uh, this film is the next in the sort of the, the DC universe. This is the one they've been banking on as being like the next big one. After, you know, Black Adam's, uh, you know, the, the absolute welcome that Black, that Black Adam had to by people. I mean, it did all right, but it's not, I think... Uh, Dwayne, you know, friend of the podcast, Dwayne has not been <laughs> told told this is you know the future. So this is the one that everyone's been banking on, which is sort of like a reset. But uh, this is the story of the Flash. You know, uh, okay. who's got anyone who knows bits about the comic book? The Flash has a very like any comic book character. The Flash has a bit of a troubled childhood, so he goes back and tries to try and stop it, and then uh, sets everything wrong. It's sort of like uh, a certain film. Some people might know called Back to the Future. In his process of trying to fix something in the past, he messes up the future. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, this is so the, the DC universe. I've always felt that the DC universe have the better stable of superheroes. Yeah, yeah. they have the big three. They have Batman. They have Superman. They have Wonder Woman. Mm. Yeah, the, the, they're the big three. I think only Spider Man's the one who's sort of rivaling them in terms of like individual yeah. character, isn't it? Yeah, they? and certainly pre the Marvel movies, yeah. Spider Man. I think subsequent to the Marvel movies, you know, Iron Man has become yeah. a main character, which was never he was never a main character. People no. wouldn't have known. I mean, before. even even in the past, people knew people knew who the Flash was, didn't they? Like he, he was like well, his, his red, with his red with his red onesie. Yeah, ish. But um, but I think I don't think he was a big one. But I'm coming from the point of being a massive nerd since my childhood. So that's yeah, probably yeah, why yeah. I knew who the Flash. Yeah, you're going to know him because he's also been on TV and yes, and, yeah. and yeah, there's been TV series on the Flash as well. But the big three, um, DC have those. Yet they've never been able to really monopolize this. They've mm. never been able to create a cinematic universe in the way that Marvel has. Mm. And Marvel has deftly done it. They're what th- we're on the 32nd Marvel movie at the moment you're kidding and, and they're all connected and, yeah. and the 
TV stuff as well, weaves in and out, and and it's all it's all one part of one big cinematic universe, which the fans love. They go crazy for. This is all confusing because yeah. you you had the Dark Knight trilogy, arguably the best superhero trilogy ever to have been made. Ooh. It's up there. Uh, it is, yeah. Christopher yeah. Nolan created a masterpiece there. Mm. Um, but also you've had along the way, you've had Michael Keaton's iteration of Batman. Uh, and then you've also had um, uh, Ben ba- Affleck. Batfleck, as, yeah. as he's called. <laughs> so so Ben Affleck, Batfleck, his one is part of the kind of the new they DC. It, is it the DCEU? Is it like the DC Extended Universe? Possibly, they yeah. They keep throwing in these. So... Man of Steel was Henry Cavill um, as Superman, yeah. and that sort of relaunched this all this whole thing. Although at one point they were trying to hint that maybe Christopher Nolan's Batman was part of that, and indeed I believe Christopher Nolan's a producer of Man of Steel. Yes, uh, but but it, it, made, it became clear fairly soon that actually it wasn't. It was a got, different iteration. Yeah. Then we got Batman versus Superman, which introduced Batfleck, and then sort of had. The, but then it also did this job. I think that was when Gal Gadot was introduced as Wonder Woman as well. Yeah, and I think a lot of the consideration is that Batman versus Superman tried to just pretty much try and strong arm what Marvel had maybe done across what four or five years at least with the Avengers they, tra- yeah. they thought you know in one film let's establish all of these people yeah and, and they, they perhaps bit off more than they could chew and yeah. pulling that together they then um, you then had the Wonder Woman movie which, which was, was really very good. very good you then had the Aquaman movie which again was very very good yeah. and Shazam which is part really of this good. which again was really really good but they, but they also had somewhere in the middle of all that the Justice League movie yeah. which wasn't no which struggled greatly yeah and it's also i mean you know there, there were two iterations weren't there you had the justice league that came out and then you had uh zach schneider's justice league yeah. as well which was four and a half hours long yeah but but um far more critically acclaimed than the, the oh, initial much, much one better, yeah. having seen both yeah much better um but but yes as you say it was over four hours long and and mm. and then we hear that henry cavill has dropped to superman then we hear he's not. He's back. He's been back then that's forth. confirmed because he's in a cameo role at the end of Black Adam, yeah. where he's in there playing Superman again. And, and then we get again, and then he? we get told he's been dropped again. Yeah. And and so it's all confusing Which to say. I, the least. I think is such a huge shame. I think Henry Cavill, you know, when he first did Man of Steel, he was sort of like establishing. I think now that he's far more established, and again, I will always cite that Mission Impossible role and the beardy crew for that. And I think he's, I think he did such a good job in this role that he's had more opportunities. Um, and now he's he's been such a lead man because he did The Witcher with Netflix. Like yeah. he's really he's proven that he's this weighty actor. Yeah. And I think they're I think it's a shame that they've let him pass like that. But absolutely. But then what's really confusing then is then they drop Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah. And the, you know and then they they have Robert Pattinson as Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Bat- Battinson to give you all of the right. Okay. <laughs> different bat nicknames. So then we get the Flash. Yeah. That comes along now that has not one Batman. But, but two, two Batman, yeah. And it has in, Batfleck is partly in this, isn't he? Yeah. So you now you've got Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton, yeah. And what they're doing. So, so yeah. But, but no Henry Cavill because Superman, He's I believe, gone. is is referred to but not seen. So, yeah, Superman's off screen, and then when they do, it seems like from what we know of, of when this sort of time reset happens, a different Kryptonian is located instead of Superman. So yeah, it's a Superwoman, Super, seems to be. Supergirl was it? Supergirl, Superwoman. Well, there was a Supergirl who, who was in the in the mythology of the comic books was his mm. cousin, and there was a TV series Supergirl that's been on recently that's oh, part yes. of the Arrow and Flash universe. 
but and that's the other thing. They've had a very successful TV run of yeah. of, of these things. That, so they've been really doing running, well on television, running parallel to this the whole time. Yeah, as well. and that, I mean, and the TV show was also interconnected because there were what four different TV shows yeah. all jumping together. You had The Flash, Green Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow. Was there another yeah, one in there? and Supergirl? Supergirl, it was in there as well. And they were and Black Lightning. There Black was Lightning, and they did Teen Titans as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and and they they all kind of intersected. They all shared a universe yeah. again. I, I'm not sure if the Titans one did. No, they because didn't. they had a different Batman again, played yes. by Ian. Glenn from Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, and Peacemaker as well, which was the the other um, the the John Cena one. Because then, what now that James Gunn's come along, right. sort of James Gunn's sort of because of course there was also this, the yeah. um, in 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 all of this we've also had the, the Suicide Squad movies yeah. and Harley Quinn. And, I we've completely missed those yeah, ones yeah, as well. Oh, yeah. I thought that again, James Gunn did a brilliant job with the Suicide Squad. I think. Yeah. yeah. So it's so confusing because all these things, some of them exist in some universes and some don't. At least Marvel, yeah. it's just one thing. So I think I think what they're trying to do with this one is again this whole focus on zany time travel and stuff. There's a lot of theories going around that maybe this is their sort of if we mess with the timeline we can sort of fix and clarify what's staying and what's going. Like we have a canon reason why Henry Cavill is no longer part of this. Maybe, maybe. But also you have in all of this um, you've got the fact that they, they're using a, a quite an old trope now in that mm. there's the old multiverse coming into this, which yeah. is why we've suddenly got two Batman. Why we've suddenly got Michael Keaton. The Batman. Michael Keaton, 1989's Batman. If you told the 1989 Danny that in 2023, Michael Keaton would be on, on the screen <laughs> playing Batman and, and Harrison Ford also at the same time playing Indiana Jones. Wouldn't I, believe you. Wouldn't believe you. The, 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 the 14-year-old me would not have believed you at all. We just need the trifecta if we can get... Um Danny Glover and Mel Gibson back on Lethal Weapon and that's the whole like sort of and, and Timothy yeah. Dalton back for one all, more bond yeah all running at get the same all time all those things together because that, that summer 1989 <laughs> boy so. oh boy there were some good that, movies that, that would do it for me as well to be honest <laughs> so this particular movie it's it's had quite um, it's taken quite a while to get it to the screen it's had it's, lots and lots of problems not least with its with its lead actor Ezra mm-hmm. Miller uh, because they've been embroiled in all sorts of um, issues yes, to do with yeah. their health and, and being arrested and and I think there was a. I don't know if Ezra Miller has done much uh, promotion for this movie. I, I yeah. I, this, I've I got a feeling they've been focusing on some of the other people. It feels like it's been sort of a, sort of a difficult difficult ride of yeah. what's going on there. Yeah, but I think that they they then sort of. I mean, it seems like most of the sort of marketing is focused around Michael Keaton mm. and sort of like his part in the story instead, and even even Michael Shannon coming back as um, well, yes, yeah, Zod as well. And we hadn't mentioned that. Yes, yeah, so he was he was General Zod. Um, in the Henry Cavill iteration of of um, started, started off the whole sort of DC film mm. set, yeah. So it, you know, it's it's interesting that that they've done that, and and those are yeah. sort of strengths of this. I think that they're they're playing on that. They're playing on Michael Keaton being very nostalgic for for people from the yeah. late eighties and early nineties. The Tim Burton Batman movies, which were which were phenomenal, uh, and also Ben Affleck, and Ben Affleck's Batman. There's one scene where he has a conversation with Alfred in one of the bat- in one of the movies where they talk about exploding penguins and other things. Yes, so yeah. they're implying that he was the same Batman of the Michael Keaton era because that's what happened with the Michael Keaton um, oh. era of Batman. But the penguin, Danny DeVito, had all these like exploding little penguins and things. I'm trying to tie that in then. Yeah, so it felt like they were referring to, to that. Um, so anyway, all of that sounds like one almighty mess or it sounds like it could be it the could film be. of the summer that if you're really... excited about seeing Michael Keaton back as Batman. Which does seem like pretty pretty big selling point for that one there. Yeah. I can only imagine how confusing the plot is. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think about... I mean, the fact that the trailer seemed to be focused on the fact that there's, there's two Barry Allens as well. There's all sorts of mm. things going on. Like It seems like a lot is going to happen in this film. And then if you just want to totally geek out, the TV version of The Flash had Ezra Miller turning up as his iteration of The Flash at one point, trying to say that all these things can coexist in the multiverse. So there's been a crossover there as yeah. well, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's... it's, um, it's boggles the mind. Yeah. And apparently there's a series on at the moment, Superman and Lois... That, Which is also that is supposed to be, and it's all part of the Arrow universe, and um, and apparently the guy who plays Superman in that is supposed to be really good, and so so they might consider bringing him over to replace Henry Cavill as well, and then you've got all sorts of jumps and leaps, and yeah. the one I always thought I wanted to see on the big screen was Tom Welling, who played who played Clark Kent in Smallville, oh yeah, and that ran for years, and and and, and I always thought this is an interesting little fact at the time that he was playing the young Clark Kent on TV. Yet he was older than Brandon Routh, who was playing Superman on the big screen at the same time. <laughs> and there were those who felt that that was wrong. They felt that Tom Welling was so established at that point that yeah. why not make that movie with Tom Welling playing? Even Brandon Routh made his, he's, he's come back as Superman a few times, hasn't he? No, well, he came back as another character in, in Legends few, of Tomorrow. He's done a few cameos and stuff like that. Atom yeah. Man? Was yes, he? yeah, that's the Atom, wasn't it? Yeah, or oh, the Atom, was it? Yeah. Okay. Um, and well, we're going to list off 100 random superhero names now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, you, as, as, as if, if there's anyone still listening to this, well done. <laughs> we, you listen um, to us whisper on. You've yeah. got a taste of what The Flash is probably yeah. going to be like. Max and I throwing names at you. On this. But uh, anyway, The Flash is around. If you don't like your superheroes, don't bother going to yeah, the cinema if, this week. If, if you listen to this entire, what, 20 minutes of us rambling about superhero films, you went, you know what, actually, I don't like superhero films very much. Then yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe give this one a miss. Hopefully but, earlier on you thought, I'm going to skip the part two. <laughs> But anyway, The Flash is out on the 16th of June uh, and it stars Sasha Kale, Sasha Kale? Uh, ben, ben Affleck, Affleck, Ezra Miller and Michael Keaton. And uh, yeah, it's going to be full of all the stuff you'll either love or you'll hate. So Sold it right there. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast. A weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. Just one release on Netflix to talk about this week uh, in the part where we look at new releases on the streaming services, new releases of original movies. And the one we're looking at is Extraction 2. Uh, so this is the sequel to... To, to, to where? Extraction 2. Uh, somewhere in somewhere vague in Europe, according okay. to the trailer. Um, so this is a sequel to Netflix's Extraction. Funny that. Uh, which, uh, which stars uh, Liam Hemsworth, uh, of you might know of as Thor, the mighty Thor. No, it's not. It's not Liam Hemsworth. It's Chris Hemsworth because I those they look the same, don't they? Chris Hemsworth, who you might know as Thor in the Marvel films, uh, is if, if I was any kind of friend of yours, I'd edit that out, yeah, wouldn't no, I? You know, leave that in. Let me sweat. Oh yeah. Um, Chris Hemsworth stars. There we go. I got it right this time. Chris Hemsworth is this um, is sort of this black ops agent whose job is to f- extract people from dangerous situations. Uh, the first film, which was produced by uh, the Russo brothers, who are you know known for making uh, the most recent Avengers films. That's why they're quite big. So clearly that's why they worked with Chris Hemsworth. Um, directing it, it's this very action-based sort of uh, following him through as he's just blowing up uh, all of these scenes somewhere. Uh, in this sequel, um, after 
some injuries he suffers in the first film. Uh, Chris is sent to Bangladesh, actually, so not somewhere in Europe, uh, as the hero Tyler Rake, whose job is to extract a family who are being chased by a bunch of terrorists. I'm a bit wordy, but I got there eventually. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is extracting people who are being chased by terrorists. Okay. Uh, this is a very action-packed sort of one. Like, already, like, in the trailer, there are some very... Um, there's this focus on these very, like, sort of one-shot-seeming action Places like that. Yeah. There's this already from the trailer. There's this like big fight on a train which is going through these tunnels, and Chris is like charging through and punching people and like shooting people. Uh, very close. I haven't seen the first extraction, but I did see. Um, I feel like I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched the Grey Man quite recently, which is the one that has. It's sort of the same like team behind. Oh, is that it. Captain America though? Uh, no, it's uh, Ryan Gosling instead. Oh, okay. Is no one with Chris oh, Evans? No, as no well. Chris Evans is in that one as well. Actually, Chris Evans is playing the bad guy in that. Ah, one. there you go. He's, he's really good in that, but. Um, it's the same sort of vibe as this one here where you've got this whole big on the action like you know there's not time to really rest for a plot because we're just getting as many set pieces in as possible but it's you know it's really enjoyable because of that um chris hemsworth i think as well is one of i think he i think he can do a good job if he's given if he's given the right material i think thor thor ragnarok the taika watiti one sort of showed that if you give him a bit more than just to play big muscle guy He's got very, very good, like, sort of humour chops. And I think he was also cited in one of the most recent Ghostbusters films. He, he was sort of, you know, the one... I heard he was the only good thing out it, of it. Exactly. He was cited as being, like, you know, quite this entertaining. This was the reboot with, with a female cast, Female reboot. It? Not um, not the, the Paul Rudd one that no. came not long after. Which, which was quite well received in comparison. Yeah. Um, so I do think... Also, I see it's reuniting Chris Hemsworth with Idris Elba. Mm, who they did thoughts here. Yeah, and you've got Olga Kurlienko in there as well, who... Quantum of Solace. <laughs> From Quantum of Solace. That's what yeah. I was trying to say. But you, Olga Kurilenko. I, I thought it was the way I was pronouncing the name. Yeah. <laughs> Olga Kurilenko. But yeah, um, it looks like if you're like me and you're going to enjoy a, an action film with loads of big dumb set pieces, you might enjoy it. Um, the quality of the stunt work from the trailer seems like there's some good stunts in there. However, we've talked a few times about this idea of how much of it is CGI sort of thing. And I think watching the trailer, there's some really good looking stunts in this, really good camera work. Like the way you've got some people being like launched off and the camera follows them, but then there's always that thing of how much of it, how much of it is true? How much? How many times can you watch a CGI henchman get thrown off a building and just sort of go, "All right, yeah, that's happened," and then go on from there? So I, I personally would like to give it a go, mm. just because. But then I need to see the first extraction. This as well, is so. the sort of thing that that you and I like. Yeah, but but the thing is, there's there's an awful lot of these types of movies, mm. and they are very varying degrees of quality yeah. and when it goes straight to netflix you sort of think yeah it, does that tell you something see i personally the fact that i enjoyed the gray man so much by the same sort of production makes me think if i'm just going to go in there if they're focused on like you know high p- high paced piece of action and they're not going to you know pretend that it's anything anything different than what they're making i will give it a chance mm-hmm Okay, well, that's Extraction 2, which is uh, out on Netflix on the 16th of June. The Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the Sonobles podcast with Danny Smith. This is uh, the point in the show where we look at another film that's going to be included in a feature called Max's Action Films, where he takes his action films to the max. And we're going to do that this week. We are definitely going to take it to the max this week because we have a fantastic, we, you know, we've gone back to, we always flip-flop between the, the eras we're going for. Like, I've, I've always thought it's action films where you can just turn your brain off and have a good time. Uh, sort of trying to go for that, the 80s vibe sometimes, but then sometimes it's just a good a good time. But we've gone right back to our roots here where we're 
almost talking about Lethal Weapon, but not quite talking about Lethal Weapon, because we're talking about 80s buddy cop films. And uh, do you want to know what this week's film is? Oh, I know exactly what it is. I'm yeah, looking exactly at it here right in front of you. This is 1989's Tango and Cash, fantastic buddy cop film about a pair of um, a pair of mismatched LEPD uh, cops who are dragged together, played by the fantastic uh, Sylvester Stallone as Tango and Kurt Russell as Cash. This pair of cops who are dragged together when they start encountering a drug problem that they need to work together to solve. Yeah. Um, when this film came out, I'm not sure it particularly bothered the box office. I think it kind of was was sort of out in the, in the box office for a couple of weeks yeah. and then vanished again. And, and I think it's a film that has slowly grown over the years. I think, I think it has grown a following and uh i think so because i mean i we we watched this film together for the first time and i remember the first 20 minutes of this film being such a ride like the way those two characters are introduced sly stallone is walking around in in a suit tie with spectacles and kurt russell's got a cowboy boots with a gun in it like Mm. it's just absolutely fantastic yeah and 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 it it is it it epitomizes the 80s action movie i mean this really does Uh, and at the time you had bigger 80s action movies than this mm. you know the lethal weapon series was, established at that point was, was possibly the biggest of its era um, and die hard probably a very very close second mm. if not a tie on that um but but yeah they were you know suddenly i think the filmmakers in hollywood realized that there was gold in them their hills by getting two mismatched people put them together and you know lots of guns and, and stuff and and also they take fairly it's, big names so they it got sort of feels like an agency they had a dartboard and they're like we're going to put together our slice alone yeah and- Kurt Russell and they're going to be cops yeah yeah and uh, and yeah and, and it was you know they, they thought what can we call them and they went to a vending machine and they saw that they had some cash and they had enough to buy a tango and uh, yeah from there and the rest was history t- tango and cash was born <laughs> And, and yeah, and it's oh. it's a stupid, implausible, Im- near impossible there, cop there, movie. There are some ridiculous scenes in this film, aren't there? However, they? there's there's one bit where they're sneaking Kurt Russell out of a certain club, and the, their choice of how they're going to sneak him out is just yeah. But but don't don't worry about the plot. Don't yeah. let that again, don't let reality get in the way of enjoying. You're not here this. for the plot. You're here for no. some fantastic. There's there's a prison escape. There's ch- there's high speed chases. There's shootouts. Like it's got mm. everything you could possibly Wise want. Wisecracks plenty of wise yeah cracks. and also the um the 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 sort of the, the lead female in this is a very young terry hatcher mm. who went on of course to be lois lane but we're not going to talk yeah. about superheroes all over again uh, but she also <laughs> they, they already skipped that section we need to move on yeah yeah and a bond girl we're not going to talk about those she you know of course she was a desperate housewife for many ah, years there we so go. where a lot of people but I, I think even uh, terry hatcher as well she does a really good job like I, i'll talk forever about sliced Stallone and kurt russell in this but terry hatcher as well she's got you know she's given these chances to keep up with them like you know comedically like the three of them are sort of like a trio the way they're all yeah she's not in it much together. but where she is she does hold her own you feel her presence yeah yeah uh, so she does well with this as well and this would have been pre um lois lane when mm. she played in lois and clark this would have been a couple of years before that so uh yes. still establishing yeah. yeah 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 so so i think you know very good but yeah it's silly but it's action-packed and it works and you know don't question it and don't think about it just sit back and enjoy it yeah exactly just enjoy the ride which this is just such a ride hi i'm elspeth jackman inviting you to listen to my podcast one to one with elspeth find a local person with a story and i'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about if i'm fascinated so will you be Each week I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is you can listen whenever you want to. 
To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for the St. Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash Elspeth. That's one-to-one with Elspeth, part of the St. Albans Podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my next guest. Max is very unhappy that I just stumbled over my words at the beginning of this and I've just cut it out. No one will ever know. No. It's the perfect crime. No, but you do it. Kaiser Soze over here. Yeah, you do it and I exemplify it, don't I? I, I kind of highlight it. Yeah. I make it louder. I slow it down. I repeat it. You put it. a laugh track in yeah. the background as well. That's not fair. <laughs> anyway, the final part of the film guide is where we look at uh, Max in this instance. We look at Max's uh, choice of the best films to watch on free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. And we start off with Saturday the 17th of June, film for 6pm, going back to 1995 for Jumanji. Uh, in this film about uh, kids playing a magic board game, uh, they, they release a man trapped in it for decades uh, and release a host of other dangers that can only be stopped by finishing the game. Uh, this film I think is most notable for um, Robin Williams in this film is absolutely brilliant as a child who gets trapped in this board game and bursts out as a crazy sort of man who's been living in a jungle for 30 years but um, just the concept is really fantastic in this like it's I, I remember seeing as a kid and I still think a lot of it holds up to this day but it's just really it really nails this sort of this creepy it's really sort of creepy like kids film about this board game where everything starts to come to life and you've got these giant spiders and these monkeys some questionable cgi effects uh, from the 90s in this one but um, but they were good it was good for their time good at the time yeah good. but it's just it's just a really fun right you've got robin williams uh, you've got a young kirsten dunce in this one as well bonnie hunt is appearing in this one uh jonathan hyde is in this as van pelt who is a hunter who oh what the jonathan hyde jonathan hyde Oh, what were your like three favourite Jonathan Hyde? My three favourite Jonathan Hyde films. Well, of course, the first one's Jumanji. But along with that one, I would say I really liked him in Titanic. All right, am I pulling the plug on this? And the you've, got, you've got no idea who he is, have you? But you were saying that as if you I, knew who he I was. Know, I know his character. And I was right. wondering if other people, if listeners might be interested in Jonathan Hyde. Those big Jonathan Hyde fans out there uh, might be looking to come and see this one. Okay. But no, this is really, really great uh, kids film, just right. all about this board game and how it absolutely just destroys their lives. Okay. It does have um, B.B. Neurath in it, who uh, might be known to some... Huh? Are you doing this now as well? Well, no, B- no. B.B. Neurath, are you going to list names like I did? I, no, I'm going to actually tell you what I do know about her, which is that she played Frasier's wife in Cheers and then in the, in the spin-off okay. Frasier. And I believe she's quite a big Broadway star. That is that is. But I know her as Lilith from Frasier and from Cheers. That's a legitimate claim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, she's uh, she's in it as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a great fantasy family adventure, yeah. isn't it? And it, of course, the, the the world of Jumanji has been revisited by um, by The Rock. Yeah, this uh, is the one without, without uh, Dwayne. Yeah, yeah. But this is the original. This is where yeah. it all started from with the with the wonderful Robin Williams. That's Jumanji, which is on uh, film four six p.m. on Saturday the seventeenth of June. We move to Sunday the 18th of June uh, on 5 uh, at 10.55pm. The best action sequel of all time? Best film of all time. Best film of all time. <laughs> really? Get rid of the action. It that's is just a, the best film that's of all a time. stretch, but I would certainly say best <laughs> action sequel of all time. Uh, better than the original. Better than the original. That's a fact. Best yeah. in the series. 
Yeah, okay. In my opinion. Go with that I don't too. know if that's a bold claim, but it's it's just brilliant. This it, is it Lethal is Weapon 2. Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> uh, Lethal Weapon 2. In the sequel, we see the return of uh, Mel Gibson's rig and Danny Glover's Myrtle, who are on the trail of South African diplomats using their immunity to engage in criminal activities. Oh, just brilliant. And of course, they're, jo- they're joined by none of them. They thought, we have the perfect buddy cop duo of, you know, Riggs and Myrtle. How could we possibly make this any better? Well, they bring in Joe Pesci as Leo Getz in this one. And from the from the very start, he is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and, and he's he's somebody who... Uh, that That's an interesting casting choice, really, because up until this point, um, he had played uh, in... Uh, Home Alone, I believe. Mm, yeah. Would that have been before this? Uh, I'm, I'm not uh, sure. Home no. Alone would have been, yeah, because this is ninety. This is eighty-nine. When was Home Alone? Home Alone. Because I was going to say he was like then almost psychopathic in Goodfellas, but that was the that year, was the year after. after. Yeah, that was the nineties. Yeah, Home Alone was the nineties as well. So this is prior to that. Still, clearly we're in like the sort of the Joe Pesci sort of the Joe Pesci sort of season there, aren't we? Eighty-nine yeah. to ninety. Like he's clearly clearly uh making his making his way yeah so so before um he did home alone and before he did um uh, jfk and and my cousin Vinny, uh mm. he, you know he did this and and before this i'm trying i'm looking at raging bull yeah so raging bull would be his and once upon a time in america would have been i guess his two biggest credits mm. before then but i don't think he was particularly well known yeah and then suddenly he does this and he does such an amazing comedic turn yeah then one year later you watch him playing this vicious little psychopath in uh, in in goodfellas, goodfellas. Uh, yeah. and you just think that that's is that the same guy yeah it's unbelievable as opposed to all the bickering he does in this film you know instead of going into yeah. that and then he goes from that to home alone yeah and it, you know what a what an actor the man's got range yeah that's but, yeah, uh, he's just just brilliant but yeah, I'm guessing you think this is what his, his favourite is this like best part he's ever played in your it's opinion it's gotta be it's gotta be and that's saying a lot because I do think he I do think his Goodfellas role is really good mm. like but anything you do anything Lethal Weapon related will be the best thing you ever do your career peaks at Lethal Weapon okay Lethal Weapon 5 coming out any day now <laughs> any day now I'm still hoping it can come out this year so I can kind of like you know if I can ever talk to my 14 year old self I can say wow 2023 yeah. all the people you saw on the big screen this this summer you're going to see them all again in 2023 it's like 89 but all over again yeah yeah you know and the 14 year old me saying but how old's Alison Ford then he goes doesn't matter He's back. That. He's, back. That. he's back and he's wearing the fedora yeah he's doing it all over again oh. anyway um, yeah so uh, Lethal Weapon 2 uh, on 5 I believe that's what used to be Channel 5 10.55pm on Sunday the 18th of June we move to Monday the 19th of June uh, ITV4 11.05pm another classic action movie Speed. Speed. Uh, in this film, a young police officer must prevent a bomb exploding aboard a city bus by keeping its speed above 50 miles an hour. Everyone's heard of this one, haven't they? You've all heard the concept. The bus, the bus can't go slower than 50. There's a bomb 50. on the bus. There's a bomb on the bus. Who's going to lead that? It's going to be Keanu Reeves is going to be on the bus trying to do something about it. Yeah. And Sandra Bullock as well. This really kind of Bear brought her them, to, yeah. to the fore. And Dennis Hopper was wonderful as the villain. Mm. It was so good. Uh, and, and yeah, it was a great movie. Atrocious sequel. Oh, what, the, the speedboat one? Speed 2, cruise Speed. control. <laughs> so, so bad. Fantastic. No, it's really... I wonder why Keanu didn't come back for the speedboat one. Because I think he's got a degree of integrity. There is something I need to check on this one, though. Because you, do you know who's listed in this cast who I didn't, I didn't notice in Speed? He's uh, one of our new favourite actors because he appears in Succession. Alan Ruck, who okay. plays, he plays Connor in Succession. 
also business, and I feel like I need to check who he plays. Okay, well, Alan Ruck has actually had a long and varied career prior to Succession. He was yes. a captain in a Star Trek movie. Really? He was in Star Trek VI as the second captain of the Enterprise. I did not know that. In No, not Star Trek VI. In Star Trek Generations, the first one with Patrick Stewart and co. Yeah. The beginning part of that movie is set 80 years before. Alan Ruck. And it's Kirk... And it's Kirk on his final voyage oh. as they're launching the new Enterprise, the Enterprise B, and the captain is Alan Ruck. I did not know and that. And Kirk's invited along as a special guest. Then they get into some scrapes and Kirk seemingly dies. And that's the beginning of the movie. Oh. But, but yeah, Alan Ruck is the captain of that Brilliant. thing. And he's not a very... You get the impression he's not a very good captain. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, Alan Ruck is in there. He, he has done a lot of films over the years. He's, he, I, I was reading an interview with him recently about sort of how he felt about playing connor in succession that sort of thing and he did say he did think for a while he was very sort of bit party for a long time that he said that since he's played this role in succession he's sort of shown to people he can play more than just you know a captain of the enterprise or a ferris bueller's best friend well he was in a lot of um a lot of those sort of um rat pack movies as they called mm. them with with the likes of rob lowe and emilio estefez yeah. and charlie sheen and matthew broderick there was a whole gang of them that made all these sorts of movies in the 80s and Alan Ruck was part of that group and he was often in their movies oh. not not in the lead part but yeah. he was it was a supporting actor in those movies see um, the first time you said the Rat Pack I was like oh like Frank Sinatra sort of thing <laughs> oh like, sorry wow, I got it wrong it. no you're right I was like he's hiding it really well if he was hanging around with Sinatra you're right they were the Rat Pack the, the 80s ones were called the Brat Pack <laughs> that's it sorry the Brat Pack the Brat Pack brilliant uh, I'll keep that one in Max um, but yeah so he because Ferris Bueller's Day Off was possibly his big role where he was the co-star of yeah. that alongside Matthew Broderick who's married to testing you now Matthew Broderick married to I thought you were just going to go Mrs Broderick Mrs Broderick Sarah Jessica Parker oh didn't know that either. yeah they've been married for uh, for a very long time anyway oh I hit my mic um, <laughs> ow, ow really ow, ow. Anyway, enough about Alan Ruck ow Mm, bother but yeah so speed uh in a way nothing original about it whatsoever it's it's going down the same route that so many of these other action movies go down but keanu reeves Reeves is amazing Mm. and Mm. and it's very well directed and a great supporting cast jeff daniels as well in there and dennis hopper was a really really good menacing very menacing dennis hopper yeah so uh yeah so get ready for rush hour yeah speed don't go less than 50 and go and watch the <laughs> yeah uh, anyway whoever thought a bus ride could be exciting so that's ITV4 11.05pm on Monday the 19th of June we move to Tuesday the 20th of June great movies 9pm Resident Evil Extinction now which is this like number 36 this is, in the, the, third, this is the third film in the Resident Evil series so this is Resident Evil Extinction which uh, this one follows after the catastrophe of the um, the second film uh, the world is turned into a, a massive well not not a total wasteland, but a lot of America is turned into a wasteland. And this sort How of tells the tell? story. Hmm? How can we tell? You can't really tell because they're in a desert. That's it. The whole point of this one is that they're in a desert. And in Resident Evil fashion, guess what the desert's filled with? Uh, zombies. Resident Evil? Lots of zombies. Oh, it's a zombie film. It's a zombie never, film. I've never seen You've never seen a Resident Evil film? Oh, this is my chance to introduce you. So the Resident Evil film is this, they're adaptations of, these, of this very popular video game series where the whole thing is there are a bunch of people who fight a lot of zombies. So in the second film, the whole thing is that the a city gets blown up because it gets filled with these zombies. This film sort of deals with the survivors of the outbreak of the second film now living in this desert where they're forced to sort of, you know, do their best to survive around cannibals and zombies and all sorts of awful, horrible things. Um, it's, you know, it's pretty much the way I'm describing it. You can already tell this is a very 
very sort of be be schlocky um action film where they do a lot of kung fu and fight zombies with machetes okay um the, the resident evil movies that there have been a bucket load of them there's been six of them i think mila jovovich has been the star of most of them yes yeah so she's i think she's been the star of every single every single one of this series by paul ws anderson she's been the main character of them okay um yeah, yeah so we've had resident evil resident evil apocalypse Resident Evil Extinction. Extinction was the third one. Let's test. Four is Afterlife. Yeah. Five is... Oh, hold on. It's going to come to me in a second. I can't can't do five. Which one's five? Retribution. Retribution. At this point, they were just really cycling through any sort of like subtitles. And then there was the final chapter. Final chapter. And then there were more after that. But but (laughs) she, I don't think, was in any more after that. Yes. Um, But uh, but yeah. um, Okay. So, but you you recommend them? I recommend this film as pretty much if you. I think that the series sort of peaks around the one or two, but I think three sort of carries on the sort sort of enjoyment of this. Really, sort of just making the most of people just fighting zombies. Really, okay, um, yeah. So that is uh, that's the film Resident Evil Extinction on Great Movies at nine pm. I always think of those films. I also think of what's the other series that was, was it with Kate Beckinsale? Was it Underworld? Oh, Underworld. Yeah, it is. They are very similar because they feel like they're both sort of video game adaptations. Everyone dresses in leather and starts like kicking monsters. Basically, Ooh, okay. there we go. Now, soldier on it. Yeah, all right, I'm there. Okay, <laughs> Resident Evil uh, Extinction is on Great Movies nine pm on Tuesday the twentieth of June. Wednesday the twenty first of June five star nine pm. Let's go British. Let's bring it down to earth. Let's go with layer cake. Elaya Kate tells the story of a successful drug dealer who gets two tough assignments for his boss on the eve of his planned early retirement. Daniel Craig is, is of course, playing the drug dealer who is trying to retire as everything just, you know, tends to fall apart around him. What a film. Mm. What a film. Like I said, this is proper, proper, you know, proper London, London gangster film that deals with all of this sort of drama that's going around this, but it's just absolutely brilliant. Interesting fact in this is that um, you've got in there Tom Tom Hardy in an in an early role, yeah. and he sort of you sort of blink and you miss him. Um, this the character that Daniel Craig plays mm. has no name. Yeah, and every time they go to say what his name is, there's an interruption somewhere, or there's a sound effect that that that, that and, and you never hear what you his name is. Today, yeah. yeah, and you never know what his name is. Uh, this is from the, the this is Matthew Vaughan, Matthew Vaughan I believe yeah, this who, was the, his first movie coming away from Guy Ritchie yeah. and he hasn't come very far from Guy Ritchie this because is, this is a very Guy Ritchie-esque thing this is such a Guy Ritchie film it's all gangsters it? and geezers it, it, and guns got, isn't it uh, yeah you've got a load of blokes walking around London and threatening each other over, over drugs with guns like you said and I mean the cast as well sort of represents that Daniel Craig of course playing the main character uh, Michael Gambon in this one who sort of reminds me of um the, the character from Snatch that um, I know his, his name is Bricktop but I cannot remember the actor's name but the bloke from EastEnders who watched Mark Reed Mark Reed he's playing that, that sort of you know the, the older bloke who's fed up with it and then like you said Tom Hardy and this Jamie, uh, Jamie Foreman just all of these people walking around threatening each other yeah and and it's um, Daniel Craig puts in a wonderful performance mm. I'm sure this film was buoyed by the fact that I think it was as this film was coming out that he was announced as the next yeah. James Bond well some people say this is the one that got him it isn't it like, sort well, of showing well it's difficult to, to know which way around that might be because I think mm. it was kind of announced when this film was out mm. so and, and I think that that announcement helped this film tremendously yeah. but it, it showed people that he could do it um, but but yeah, he he's you know very cold, very calculating, and 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 brings an awful lot 
to the park. I'll always remember there's one bit where um, he's getting a phone call from somebody. There's an assassin trying to find where he lives and he does the whole sort of, oh, you know the address. Do you want to come around and find him? He goes, uh, no, can you write for me? Yeah. F off then. <laughs> the yeah. phone away to the, the hitman calls him. Yeah, and and great sporting. Uh, another great sporting actor that that is great in whatever he does is uh, and I've I've lost it. Here we go. Colin Meaney. Colin Meaney. Yes. Who who was in uh, Con Air with Nicolas Cage, where he played a sort of supporting role in that and was very good. He was one of the the gang uh, storming the boat in Under Siege, mm. and also for many 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 years on Star Trek, he was yes. in two different Star Trek series as Chief O'Brien. Yeah. A legendary character. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, he was in the original, um, the Next Generation, and then he went into Deep Space Nine as well. <laughs> Fantastic, so yeah, Colin Meaney, great, great actor, and was the original choice for playing the Gene Hunt character in the American remake of Life on Mars. I could see that, but only because he, lo- he looks like him. And then he was dropped, and then for the series, he did the pilot episode, and then when they did the series of it, he was replaced by Harvey Keitel. Really, it was very good, but too old. Very he was awesome. way too old to be believable as a cop who could kick yeah, down doors I, I and see beat that. up villains. He, yeah, Harvey Gattel, an amazing actor, but at yeah. a certain point, you've got to, got to, you know, he's got to take a step away from those roles, isn't he? Well, yeah. Anyway, Layer Cake, uh, great um, action uh, drama, British and very, um, very down to earth, as opposed to some of the other choices so mm, far mm. this time around. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you do. Speaking uh, of down to earth, how about we go away from well, that? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't go further away from that. So, Layer Cake. Five star, 9 p.m. Wednesday, the 21st of June. And finally, Thursday, the 22nd of June, 11.05 p.m. on 4.7 HD, no less. First Man. First Man. Uh, this 2018 film, film tells the story of... Ryan Gosling? The, Ryan Gosling, yeah. He's back again, our Ryan. Uh, look at the life of the... He, it's a biography of the, the life of uh, Neil Armstrong, you know, first man of the moon, hence the name that everyone is aware of. Uh, it's all about the story of the... Um, his training and everything building up to him landing on the moon July 20th 1969 this is very much Ryan Gosling is the is you know the main focus of this one like you're following him he's doing a lot of he's doing a lot of serious eye acting in this one um there isn't a lot he's very quiet he's very quiet in this role and it's not just because Ryan Gosling's got stage fright sort of thing but it's that sort of supposedly it's a very real take on Neil Armstrong in real life like he was very blunt and very sort of he wasn't, you know, the one cracking jokes or anything. He was there to be an astronaut and get everyone to the moon. And he did that very stern. I gather his children were very, his real life children were, were very uh, praising mm. of, of Ryan Gosling's portrayal yeah. of Neil Armstrong. There's a great story that Steve Wright tells that, that when he was doing his, his old um, Steve Wright in the afternoon back on Radio 1 back yeah. in the 80s, he had Neil Armstrong as a guest. And just as the record was playing, uh, just before they were about to bring Neil Armstrong in, the Neil Armstrong's publicists sort of pop, popped their head around the, the studio door and went, all right, Steve, uh, we're just bringing him in now. Uh, by the way, no questions about the moon. <laughs> and he suddenly said, how do you do an interview with Neil Armstrong? <laughs> and you're not allowed to ask him anything about the moon. <laughs> all right, man, he's been on the moon. What's your second greatest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else have you done? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's done loads and loads of other things, but that's the one thing about, he's known about. Could he they know, ask him questions about being an astronaut? Or do you think it was like... It was just specifically not the moon, right? I don't know. Oh. But it was, uh, yeah, apparently no questions about the moon. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, First Man uh, won an Oscar, no less. Mm. Uh, it, it was uh, very... Really good. Really I, I, For this one, I, um, really good visuals, really good soundtrack is something that stands out to me. If you, like, the, everything is very choreographed for how the film is going on. And um, Claire Foy playing Mrs. Armstrong? Yeah. Stretch, as she was known? Stretch. Uh, Stretch Armstrong? Stretch. Sorry. <laughs> she, she, 
thought you were referencing another role for her. No, no, she wasn't called Stretch. Uh, again, it's another sort of it's a, a whole sort of cast of people people you'll recognise when you watch this film. You've got Claire Foy, Jason Clark is playing mm. another astronaut. Yeah, Carl Chandler, Corey Stoll is playing the Buzz Aldrin, the the other man on the moon. Yeah, um, Kieran Hines is in this one as well. Yeah, but, um, okay. just really, really gorgeous film to watch. Really, really soulful film. Okay, that's First Man. That is the final choice uh, for Max for movies on that are worth watching next week. Uh, that's on Thursday, the twenty second of June, eleven and five pm on four seven. Max, which of those will be your film of the week? Lethal Weapon Two. <laughs> lethal Weapon Two. It's always Lethal Weapon Two. Always. Lethal I have to put Lethal Weapon Two. If you wanted my not Lethal Weapon Two pick. It would probably be first man, but okay. But no, no, no. You said lethal weapon two. It's, Let's, it's lethal weapon two. Just to be different. So, so the artwork now is going to have uh, Tango and Cash on one side and lethal weapon two on the other. Mullets are plenty. <laughs> Whereas last time it would just be the other way around. Yeah. Always a good week when Lethal Weapon 2 is on. Anyway, Max, thanks very much for uh, bringing your choices to our attention. Uh, to find the list of the films that Max has just recommended, you can look in the episode notes of this here podcast right now. You can also check out our website, stalbanspodcast.com. Uh, next week, it is the return of uh, Sam in the role of uh, the Film Guide host. So we hope you can join her for that. And uh, Max, you're back in a couple of weeks. I'll be back. But you may not realise that, but it's the fifth Friday this month. Oh, interesting. Well, you know what's going to happen in that month we're going to talk more about lethal weapon too oh, well, if that's not already getting people sort of pre-saving <laughs> i don't know what is what more could you want